John the Viking Mauser here with the Get Stronger Die podcast. Today my guest is Jesse the Warlock Nelson. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I slept in till about 8 o'clock this morning. Usually I'm up at like 5 a.m., sometimes 4, so woke up and had a, had a good breakfast, went in and trained, did some pressing today, had a good uh, post-workout meal, about, about a pound of ground beef and two cups of rice with some cheese, and uh, yeah, I'm feeling well-fed and, and strong today, so I think we're about eight weeks after America's Strongest Man now. 105 kilograms, which uh, which was my first pro competition as a professional 105 kilo strongman. So yeah, just kind of getting into some some heavier training now. It's kind of a I was resting, kind of a deload for six weeks, and then now I'm kind of working into the heavier weights again. Very cool. Now you took you actually took a few weeks off completely, right? Yeah, I took uh, about two weeks off completely from from lifting. So. For two weeks straight, I, I didn't even go into the gym and, and lift weights. I was just uh, kind of relaxing and trying to see how life is as a regular human being <laughs> who, doesn't, who doesn't obsess about training and, and what they have to eat and everything. So, you know, I was eating, I was eating like ice cream for, for breakfast some days or, you know, just, just doing whatever I felt like for two weeks after the competition because <laughs> I think it's, it's important to learn how to relax too as a as a top-level athlete, you need to have the mindset to compete and prepare and obsess over that when you're close to the competition, but you also need to know how to pull away from it and learn how to relax and kind of unwind, too. You heard it here. The secret yeah. is ice cream for breakfast. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the secret. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, so some of our listeners um, may, may not um, be aware of who you are, so um, let's do a background um real quick and let people know uh so how did you get into strength sports and and when did you first start like lifting things so i never touched any weights like a barbell or dumbbell until i was about 15 years old uh before that i was just kind of a an active kid running around i would i would skateboard a lot actually i i used to have used to have long hair down to my back and, and wore skinny jeans and skateboarded all day around the city. Because <laughs> I, I used to live in California. Actually, I live in West Virginia now. But uh, back in California growing up, that's what I did mostly with skateboard and and play video games and and try to get through school, which I, I ended up graduating. But I was mostly distracted a lot by skateboarding and video games. <laughs> I played football my senior year, but that's the only sport I ever did was senior year because I, I lifted weights from 15 to 17 and I got pretty strong pretty fast I mean uh like the the first time I ever I remember going to the weight room it was a, it was a, it was a weights class in sophomore year of high school and the first time I ever bench pressed I did 225 and I was 160 pounds body weight and so <laughs> that, that's a good like starting foundation for somebody who's 15 years old uh, yeah, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. And then squat, I remember it was about 275 was the first time I ever tried to max out on squats. And uh, I was 160 pounds back then. And uh, I kind of I, I just had like a natural ability to uh, lift heavy. I mean, uh, I put on muscle fast. Like within a year, I'd gained 15 pounds, pretty pretty lean. And then... By the time I was 18, I was 230 pounds. So, you know, I gained about, what's that, 70 pounds in three years. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty good. Now, when you first yeah. started and you benched like 225 and you're squatting 275, did you uh-huh. even, at that point, did you know even enough about it to realize what your potential was? Or were you just kind of like, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm doing okay? <laughs> well, it was a weights class because you took PE your, your freshman year. And then you got to choose what class you did for your second year of uh, physical education. I chose to do weightlifting or weights class, and uh, and I kind of knew that like when I went in there and saw everyone else was what they were lifting, I was already the strongest in, in the class, except for maybe like one senior in there who was about the same strength as me. Uh, but I, I knew that uh, I knew I was I was stronger than than a lot of the kids in the class. But then. Uh, when I got into uh, 
playing football my senior year, there those were all other athletic guys, you know, who also had were probably genetically gifted towards uh, being strong too. So there were some guys who were about the same strength as me around that time. And then uh, getting into playing junior college football, um, I got there, and that's where I saw guys stronger than me and knew that I wasn't always going to be the strongest. I had to work for it to be to be stronger than other people. And uh, that there's always, unless you're the world's strongest man, there's always somebody stronger than you. Yeah, and sure. e- even if someone gets the title, <laughs> world's strongest man, there's people stronger than them in certain lifts. Like... Uh, Someone could hold the world's strongest man title, but not be the best squatter in the world or the best presser in the world. But there's an overall athlete. Yeah, so. <clears throat> for sure. So, how did you transition from um, football in uh, junior college to uh, strongman? So, I, I I stopped doing football because uh, junior college, it, going to school, just it wasn't for me. I uh, I only went there so I could play football. So the classes were just kind of something I had to do. And uh, at one point, I, I stopped doing that and came back to working in construction, doing hardwood floor installation. And um, I uh, I was working, and, like, my free time out of work, I started going to the gym because I didn't really have anything to train for. I was just lifting weights. And uh, I kind of missed training for something. Like, for playing football, I trained to be good at football where now I was just training with no goals in mind. So I hit up an old strength coach, and he, uh, his name is Ray Anderson, and he, I went over to his house, and he had all the strongman equipment in his backyard at his house in his garage. Um, and I saw all this stuff and start, started lifting that at his house. We were just like, he just loaded up farmer's handles and told me to pick them up and walk with them. Uh, had an atlas stone and was like, here, try to lift this. And, uh, he saw that I was was pretty strong, and he just signed me up for a competition. I didn't even sign up myself. He was like, he was like, "Hey, uh, you're doing this competition in two weeks," and I had no experience. So for two weeks, I trained doing Atlas stones for two weeks and log press for two weeks, and then did the competition. And uh, I think the I did the it was a two, it was only a, a 250 pound Atlas stone, but I did it and with two weeks' notice to do this competition. And then uh, a 260-pound log press was it, was, it was a max log event, and it was only those two events in that competition. It was like log press and Atlas Stone. But uh, yeah, that, that, so that was the first competition, <clears throat> uh, two weeks' notice and no experience. <laughs> and did, did you place there? Um, yeah, I got, uh, I got it's, it's, it's an AAU competition, which is... Um, they go a lot by like your age and weight class and stuff. So you're not actually competing against other people there. You're oh, competing yeah, yeah. against the records. So uh, I set the record, which has probably been broken by now, because um, that was about five years ago. And uh, yeah, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> and then it just kind of snowballed from there. You just kind of um, kept doing more competitions, or, or yeah, 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 I did. Um, I did those those competitions, uh, the AAU ones, for about two years. And then after the age of uh, 22 is when I did my first uh, strongman corporation competition, which is a little more top level than than some of the the smaller local competitions I'd tried out. And um, started doing platinum plus competitions. I would compete as a heavyweight sometimes. I, actually, most of the time, I, I don't think I competed as a middleweight until I was about uh, 23. So uh, my first three years of strongman, I just did heavyweight at like 240 pounds. And for those uh, for people who don't know, the cutoff for middleweights is 231 pounds. So um, that's what I do now is under 105 kilos. But uh, when I competed as a heavyweight, I was almost always the smallest heavyweight. Um, Very cool. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people um, would have cut um, even in the beginning. Um, but I, I personally think that uh, when you first start out, you shouldn't worry about those things. Um, can you... Can you tell us your thoughts on that? Because you've done it, so. Yeah, my uh, so for someone who's cutting for the first time for a competition, it can uh, it can really make it a lot more just stressful, which can affect the uh, the lifter's performance if if they don't have a good coach. I mean, if someone has like a really good coach who can guide them through every step of the cut in the process, I think it would probably be okay for someone to cut for the first competition. But 
most people aren't going to do that. They're just going to try it out themselves and really mess up the water cut and everything. Like uh, my first, the first time I, I tried to cut the middleweights, I only had to cut like ten pounds, and uh, I, I didn't. I, I had to fly out to Chicago. I didn't bring a scale with me, so I was kind of blindly water cutting into it, and I ended up overcutting by ten pounds. So I actually actually dropped from two forty to two twenty within two days <laughs> instead of 240 to 230 so uh yeah you don't want to do that if if you're not experienced but if you have a good coach i think it's doable but uh if you're just trying to do it yourself it's probably good to compete just at whatever body body weight you sit at throughout the day and just go in to compete and have fun and uh once you you get a couple competitions under your, your belt you maybe try to cut to a weight class and, and try to have that advantage of dropping weight to go against some guys who could possibly be smaller than you if you can cut down hit weight and then gain all the weight back in 24 hours that's a big advantage yeah, um, for sure um, yeah I, I think that's a, a good point if you have somebody helping you out um, sure but uh, you're gonna make in the beginning you're gonna make a lot of mistakes like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. not even with the weight cut just at the competition right you're gonna yeah, you're gonna yeah. forget your belt you're gonna do this you're gonna yeah, do that yeah. And um, I think that that's just one more thing to to worry about. And if you can yeah. if you can streamline the things you got to worry about in the beginning, I think that's that's a pretty good deal. And um, yeah, see, I used to I mean I used to do it myself all the time. Is when you go to a competition as a beginning competitor, you uh, get amped up for the whole competition, and you're kind of like walking around, pacing around between events, <laughs> and like walking around talking to everybody. You're all excited the whole time and like pumped up. <clears throat> Well, if you do that, you're kind of using up all your energy doing that. Uh, for, for myself, I'll just do the event and then go and like sit in the corner somewhere with my headphones on and relax and kind of eat, make sure I'm eating food and drinking water, getting sodium in, and just focusing on what I have to do for the next the next event instead of being distracted by everything else going on and and walking around and and everything. When there's like most competitions, there's 30 minutes between each event at least. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's an hour, if not longer, if it's a bigger competition. So you don't want to be all amped up for the whole hour because when you get to the event, you're not going to have all that energy to use that you could have had. So. Yeah, especially your first few competitions because your adrenaline's up. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and yeah. you can't, you can't maintain, well, at least I can't, you can't maintain <laughs> um, adrenaline for you know a competition could last eight hours yeah you can't yeah. you can't maintain your adrenaline output for for non-stop for eight hours yeah you're going to crash at some point if yeah. you don't um know how to sit down and, and relax yeah um i think also what uh, i've noticed when i first start training <clears throat> like people like really new people that never lifted before um i don't think they have the the concept of uh that energy drain even in the weight room because um, mm-hmm. people will they'll do a set and then they'll like back off for a second and throw a set of fives on and be right back under the bar and I have to like be like hey like you need to take your time yeah, here yeah. And, and don't pace around between your sets because you're just like you know burning energy or whatever um, if you don't mind can you elaborate on that because I see you in the, the weight room and, and you sit down a lot between sets and you're not yeah. really uh, running around yeah so um, I think maybe the only time I, I stand up and kind of walk around between sets is actually bench press because when you're doing the workout, you're laying down anyway, so right. <laughs> it's kind of like a rest. You rest like the rest time for me is almost when I'm like laying there on the bench. But uh, yeah, so like if uh, let's say you're you're doing squats and uh, you're doing like heavy sets of three, and you do your set, and then you're like walking around, and uh, you're not gonna recover as fast to be able to go all out again. At least for myself, this is the experience is I need to sit down and just take deep breaths and get my get my heart rate down get my uh that, that feeling of about being about to about to puke <laughs> like after a heavy set of squats you for myself i feel like i have to puke almost get that feeling down um and uh just get mentally prepared for the next set instead of walking around and uh keeping all that 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 pump in my legs and, and back and everything that can kind of make the next set a little more difficult so i'll just sit down and relax and uh sometimes i'll sit like 10 15 minutes between a set if it's if it's really heavy and uh whatever i need to do however long i need to rest between the set to know in my head i'm going to do that next uh set to completion so like if 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 i'm 
if I'm thinking I'm going to go in, in a minute and do this next set, and then I get to that minute, and in my head I'm thinking, no, no, I, don't, I don't feel ready to do this yet. I'll wait another minute. And then when it gets to that time, I'll decide if I, if I believe I can do that wait. And when I get to the point where I, I am very confident I can do it, then that's when I'll start with my next set. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Very cool. So you're you're kind of um, you have a basic uh, guideline of what you're going to do, but if mentally or or physically that doesn't yeah. match up, you can adjust as needed. Yeah, yeah. So if I have the whole plan for the workout beforehand, um, set with three minute rest periods, but that day was kind of tiring at work, or I didn't get much uh, as good sleep as I could have had the night before then I'll push that rest period back to however it feels right. So I'll push it back to five minutes or eight minutes or however long I, I feel I need to hit all the reps and sets I had planned. Very cool. I think that's a, it's always good to um, be able to adjust. You know, um, I think that's super important. And obviously, maybe if you get first get started and you're doing those adjustments, you can take that too far and end up, um, you know, kind of, kind of being lazy, so to speak. But yeah, I think yeah. once you've been in it and you have the discipline to know, like, hey, I'm going to have to end up doing this anyway, yeah. then, then you can make uh, intelligent adjustments, and I think that's very important to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, um, one thing I'll do so I don't get distracted between sets is uh, I'll set a timer, whether that's with a, a little hand stopwatch or my phone. I'll set a timer to go off in, in a minute 30 or three minutes, whatever I had planned. So if I'm sitting there and I'm talking to somebody in the gym, which, you know, it happens between sets. You talk to people. That timer goes off and reminds you, all right, I need to start my set right now. So you tell them, hold on, I'm going to do the set. You do it, and you, you come back and then resume your, com- your conversation if you can still breathe. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, if your sets are heavy and you're really pushing yourself, you might not be able to talk because you're going to be, you know, bent over on the ground trying not to puke. But... <laughs> Yeah, that's like uh, at uh, like World's Strongest Man when they um, televise it, and, yeah, and the yeah. announcer's always like, "Hey, so how do you?" Feel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. After I'm some dying. some big guy, you know, so one of the biggest guys does like I think we talked about it before, like the, the truck pull, you know, where they're all out of breath at the end, and the announcer just comes in their face with the microphone, asking them what they <laughs> what they think their placings are going to be for the next event and everything, and. You know, they can't think. They're trying not to die. <laughs> so they, they just want to sit down in some shade and drink some water. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You're listening to Get Strong or Die. We'll be back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Mauser Strength Dynamics one-on-one online coaching. So if you are looking for a satisfaction guarantee and you want to win competitions or maybe you're constantly suffering from injuries and you don't know where to turn, or maybe you're just looking for some one-on-one support, from a world-class strength coach, then Mauser Strength Dynamics is the coaching for you. So if you want more information, then find John at John the Viking Mauser on Facebook or at Mauser Strength on Instagram. Since we're talking about training and, um, and, and adjustments made during training, um, do you also do that at all like um, during the week with your lift? Like let's say you wake up and you're just like, I don't feel like I'm recovered from deadlifting on yesterday. Like, do you make yeah. any adjustments there, or do you do you force through, or, or how no, does that work? No, I, uh, I hardly ever force through anymore. I used to, and uh, that's where I saw a lot of injuries and just bad training sessions, which kind of put me put me down, put me in like a, a, a bad mood where I wasn't as motivated because I was having bad lifting sessions from not enough rest between them. And uh, now I'll just wake up in the morning, go throughout the day, and even if it's 30 minutes before I'm supposed to be at the gym training, if I don't feel good, then I'm not going to go, and I'm going to push it till the next day, and uh, just just put it off a day, put it off another day if I feel bad the next day. And I guess that that could get bad if someone just keeps putting it off and they haven't trained in like two weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, it, 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 you know when you're being lazy and when you're when you're kind of pushing yourself too hard and you need to make yourself rest. Um, but an example of that is going up to. Uh, the strongman corporation amateur national championship uh when i actually got i got third place to get my pro card there that's how i got my pro card i only trained two days out of six weeks leading up to it because for work i got like slammed with work doing uh, hardwood flooring that's what i did back then now now i paint cars which is a lot better um but doing hardwood floors it's really physically taxing being a on your hands and knees all day just working with putting the boards in on the ground um 
So for, for that, I only trained two days in six weeks leading up to the, the competition and still got third place. So Which competition was this again? That was uh, Strongman Corporation Amateur Nationals. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Very cool. Um, it, was that your first time at Nationals? Yeah, that was my first time competing in Nationals. And um, for that, um, there was – I had a bit of an advantage because there was two out of five events were pressing. It was the uh, axle clean press away and then the circus dumbbell uh, for reps, clean mm-hmm. flesh every rep for that. And uh, pressing is kind of my strength in, in competitions, and uh, that, that gave me a pretty good advantage. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think after four events, uh, the first four events, there were five total. After the first four, I was in first place overall. And then the last event was like a relay race. It was uh, the, the Mauser block carry. I think they misloaded it to like 360 or 390 for the middleweights. But everyone was still, you know, speeding down the, yeah. down the, the track with it. <laughs> and then uh, a duck walk back and then an arm over arm sled pull. And, uh I think the weights were too light for that because everybody was just sprinting and it came down to like, you know, milliseconds between times and doing that for a last event can uh, really switch things up with uh, like kind of middle of the pack guys and lower pack guys who didn't really care about their placings just went like all out, <laughs> you know, down, down the course because they had nothing to lose. And then guys at the top, um, if you, you mess up slightly, it's going to drop you down, which it, it did drop me down to third place overall for that. Uh, after that event, so I got I got third overall at that national championship. Very cool. So. Yeah, I, th- I think <clears throat> anytime you see at a bigger show, anytime mm-hmm. you see um, a sled drag or an arm over arm drag, you pretty much have signed up for uh, like a foot race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, they just have a hard time figuring out what's going to be doable, and then the, the, there's so many variables with the sled on the on the like the floor or the surface. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and you get that sled on like a concrete. A smooth concrete floor. Most of the time, you could double the weight that they yeah, put on there. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. It becomes a, a foot race at that point. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that's pretty cool though. So you trained twice in um, two weeks for that, and uh, it's actually twice in six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah, yeah it's twice yeah. in six weeks. And um, <clears throat> so, did you kind of realize that was happening in those six weeks, or I mean, that wasn't the plan. You know, it's just uh, work got uh, it, it kind of. It got like swamped at work, which you can't really plan that ahead right. for some jobs, and uh, and because of that, I was just you know exhausted, and my body wasn't feeling uh, like I, I was still strong, but all my energy was being used at work, and then I had no energy to train after. So I only could fit in two training days within those six weeks, and those were basically like it, it was basically a full body workout the, those two days, just trying to keep everything primed and ready for the competition yeah. that I had built before. So. Now what um, what did you do? Because at some point in the six weeks you realized like, hey, wait a minute, right? So yeah. <laughs> so you did like a trading session and then you missed like two weeks. Uh-huh. What what were you doing when you realized like, hey, this is what's going to happen? What were you doing um, outside of the weight room to kind of keep yourself intact and primed and ready to go? Yeah, so um, I, I do everything I can to not miss a meal. I think that's the most important is just food and sleep. It's it's simple. There's a uh, all the other things like people spending money on all the uh, supplements you can find at GNC. I don't know personally. I don't. I don't do all that. Um, like I think I actually just got the first tub of creatine I've had in like like three years probably because um, I wanted to. Just, I, I just got to try it out again, and uh, I don't think any of those things make a difference. I mean. If you can't fit in a meal, I think it's cool to have a protein shake, you know. Um, but uh, I'll bring a big cooler with me everywhere I go, and has it has mostly like ground beef and rice. I have that uh, for at least three meals a day, and then uh, breakfast every day. I have uh, a bunch of eggs and some type of carb source. Um, always just making sure I'm getting some type of food in me every two hours at least. Um, I think that's 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 important. People don't realize how much food helps with recovery when they're starting out. Like they're either not eating enough or they're eating um, just bad foods, like uh, drinking soda all day. You know, 
that, that kind of stuff. But uh, for uh, like a, a top level athlete, you need to be eating um, often and a lot. Yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> I, I agree a hundred percent. I think yeah. um, when I was in school for uh, at the coaching program in college, <clears throat> that was like we had to, we had to take these nutrition classes, and that was one of the big things. And they would say like they did like a a study on college athletes and um and like would track what they would eat mm-hmm. and i don't remember the number i think they gave us a number but they but like every single college athlete was under the calories they needed yeah and, yeah and then they actually the, the schools um uh they started changing some rules and stuff and they were posting up they even did this here at wvu they posted up all these flyers and like everywhere where the athletes were there were these flyers and it was like did you remember to eat today and did <laughs> did you like did you account for this calorie expenditure and it yeah. was like all over the place because like people just don't they just don't eat enough yeah yeah and I, i've tried all those uh little easy tricks for adding calories like uh i've done you know gallon of milk a day the go mad diet and uh, that became actually I did that for a long time. I did that for like three years straight, gallon of milk, a, whole milk a day. And uh, I mean, I went from uh, I, I weigh about two fifty right now. Uh, I cut down to two thirty one for the competition. So you know, I've since I started lifting about ten years ago, I've gained almost a hundred pounds. And uh, yeah, you really need to eat or drink your calories some some way to get them in. Uh, I did actually two gallons of milk a day at one point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, the guy I worked for at that time, Terry, uh, I would bring my, my gallon of whole milk to work. It wasn't even in the cooler. It would just sit there and get warm all day. <laughs> and, like, I, I didn't even care. I just thought they carried around, like, a gallon of milk yeah. of whole milk and, like, the co- hot California heat on construction sites. And it yes. got warm. And I, I never got sick. So, I don't know. I mean, thinking back, it was a little gross, but. Uh, I think I think uh, <laughs> I don't want to get into this too much, but I think like a lot of those guidelines for like food going bad are yeah. kind of screwy. I think like you'd have to leave it out for a few days, probably. Yeah. <clears throat> Just because it got warm doesn't mean anything necessarily. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I'll do you know a gallon of chocolate milk a day. Yeah, that, that was just a lot of sugar, though. Uh, <clears throat> that, that's what I've done. I, I, um, anytime I'm trying to gain weight, which I'm not at the moment, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it milks the go to. It's so yeah. it's so. Uh, the calories there are cheap. It's easy. Yeah, you don't have to digest it. Like you don't have to waste time yeah, digesting. Yeah. So. And uh, but one thing with that is, like when when some guy who's getting new into lifting weights comes and asks me, uh, and I, I tell him to try that, if he's not lactose intolerant, because if he is, that would be a bad idea. But uh, they, uh, I tell them you have to eat your meals first and right. then drink the milk after eating your right, meals. Right. Right. Because some guys will just start drinking all that milk and then they're starting to skip meals because they're full. Well, you gotta you gotta force feed your meals in, and then drink all the milk on top of that when you're done. So, yeah, it's uh, for 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 someone who's has is really skinny and they're trying to put on weight, you, they have to force feed themselves. There's no point where it's like people will say they're eating everything and they're not gaining weight. There's a certain point where they're probably going to start gaining weight. You just have to try harder. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's um, yeah. I harp about this with people all the time. Um, I think that the losing weight is always easier than gaining. Like, yeah, like a hundred percent. Because yeah. the worst thing that happens is losing weight is you're hungry. Yeah, and um, <laughs> but but you're never going to reach like a certain starvation point, anyways, because you're still going to eat something, right? Yeah. But when you're gaining weight, like you're really testing how far you can go a lot of the time with uh, just what you can stuff in. Yeah, and yeah. and you have to start getting creative. You know, like yeah. hey, I'm gonna have to do this because you know and and i think like the vertical diet is based on a lot of that you know it's like these foods digest very quickly so that you're able to eat the next meal and um you you have to get creative with it yeah um so let's talk about uh your actual training we we mentioned we were talking about this before we started recording um and everything's based uh you know simplicity is king so Mm -hmm. um can you tell us just a little bit uh about you know your methodology what you're doing how yeah you, yeah so every training session i'll start with i do the uh just squat low bar back squats uh bench press and the deadlift and then the overhead press and i kind of have them in that rotation so i'll do squat bench deadlift overhead press squat bench deadlift overhead press and my training days are in that order you know repeating like that and um, 
I always do just the main barbell movement first. So I'll start off with squats and then go into accessories. Start off with bench, go into accessories. Start off with deadlifts, go into accessories. And um, my accessories, I'll add in the events for strongman. So let's say I have a, I have a log press in, in the next competition. Well, I'll do my strict overhead pressing, and then I'll go and do log press as an accessory. So I'm going into it pre-fatigued. So the weights are going to be a little bit lighter because I'm already a little burnt out from the strict overhead pressing. And um, then when I get... So I'll do that for, you know, eight weeks before um, switching into doing the events first and then those as accessories. Yeah. So I'll start off with log press, and now since I'm starting off with it, it's feeling really strong because before I was training it pre-fatigued. Right. And um, I'll do that and kind of work up to... Um, heavy sets of three. I'll, I'll do maybe one single in a training cycle leading up to a competition, but uh, it's usually sets of three to five on there. Okay. Um, with the, the last the last set of every exercise, I add in some little twist, like uh, on log press. The the last rep of that set, I'll hold it. I lock out until failure. Or overhead press, you know, I'll do the same thing. I'll have you know, 315 on, on the bar for overhead press. And on the fifth rep, I'll, I'll hold it of the last set. I don't do this every every set, just the last set. Hold it up in the air at lockout and for 30 seconds until I can't hold it there any longer before I set it down. <clears throat> and cool. uh, I like to do stuff like that. It kind of, I think it kind of uh, gets you prepared for in a competition going till failure and going all out. Because if you're not training... I don't like to train till failure in the gym, but I like to train and add in something where it's like a time to hold at the right. at the last rep to <clears throat> go to failure. So. Very cool. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so uh, one of our uh, I put out a feeler to see what people wanted to ask, mm-hmm. and since we're talking about pressing, um, somebody asked, <laughs> "Do you uh, do you know how to push press?" Or, or are you just doing strict press to make the rest of us look bad? Well, so I, I used to push press when I first started doing strongman. You know, I, I push press like a three hundred pound log, but I could also strict press a three hundred pound log. So they were they were the same, and uh, I started getting a little bit of knee pain when I would push press because I, I was probably doing it wrong. You were using knee drive instead of hip drive, but. Uh, so at that point, I just started doing it strict. I figured, why not? I was getting stronger doing strict press. And, uh, I mean, I'm still getting stronger doing strict press, so I haven't changed. Right. <laughs> so uh, I figure, like, once I hit a point where I'm not getting stronger doing strict press, then I, I want to do push press. I mean, my girlfriend gets me on it, about it a lot, saying, uh, like, if, if you learn how to use your legs, you could do the all-time world record on a log press instead of doing the middleweight world record. I'm like, I know, I know, but you know, right now it's, uh, it's, it's difficult because I like to strict press and, uh, it hasn't slowed down yet. So I'm just sticking with it for now. Yeah. I think, um, I think we talked about this during our, um, our amazing collaboration video, um, where we were pressing turkeys and things. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Uh, and uh, I think that uh, leg drive, and this is going to be highly controversial, is pretty overrated. Um, anyways, uh, I think if you look at the best, um, the best pressers, yourself included, then even the ones that are using leg drive aren't using a lot. Yeah, the, the yeah. majority of them. If you can look at like um, what was, uh, I mean, I, I think some of the best pressers and strongmen would be Eddie Hall at his peak, <clears throat> uh, Big Z. Um, I mean, they're strict pressing basically strict pressing yeah. you know about between 460 and 500 um yeah I, mean, I think eddie hall strict pressed the 480 axle when for the world record mm-hmm. and it, it shot up like nothing so yeah and yeah i think you're right it's not knee drive it's hip drive and these guys barely dip yeah. down you just see their hip move a little bit yeah yeah and then they have really wide feet mm-hmm. and then most of the best pressers again they're leaning back and um you can only use so much leg drive if you're using the lean back yeah, yeah. so uh I, I think um you know i think you should look at it i think all pressing should be looked at as um a strict press and if you're able to cheat a little bit then cheat a little bit but i don't think it should be this giant like hey i'm launching it with my legs and trying to catch it 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if someone can split jerk a 480-pound log, then that's great for them. You know, uh, a lot of people just don't have that technical skill, and it's going to be very hard for them to develop that if they don't already have it. Like, uh, you know, for, for me getting into strongman, I just – I didn't start with Olympic lifting or anything. I just right. was a regular guy lifting in the gym who all of a sudden got thrown into a competition – so I had no idea about leg drive or anything. I was just pressing stuff with my shoulders. <laughs> yeah, I think ironically, too, some of the, the best people in Strongman that, that are advocates of um, the split jerk, um, ironically, they, they, they prove themselves wrong all the time because they'll go to a – you'll see them go to a competition and they'll have some issue. Uh-huh. Like, um, like, like Martins has done this. He'll have some issue where he can't, um, use the split jerk. Like he's got a, a knee injury or hamstring injury or something and he'll still win the event without doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it's like a Viking press and you can't double dip your knees. Yeah. Uh, and they still win those events Yeah, yeah. and it's like, you know, th- their press is just as good as their jerk. They just uh-huh. haven't, they just haven't realized it or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely, um, case. You're listening to Get Strong or Die. We'll be back right after this. Introducing Get Strong AF one-on-one online coaching with Hannah the Destroyer. This coaching program is for the focused and dedicated woman who wants to get stronger and compete. You'll never be left in the dark from bi-weekly training calls to support via text and email. She has your back every step of the way. There's made-for-you training sessions. Every exercise, every lift, every piece of equipment used has you and your goals in mind. And also, there's strong mindset training because we understand that strength and mindset go hand-in-hand. There will be weekly prompts, videos to up-level your mindset so when it comes to step on the competition floor, you are 100% ready. If you are interested in this, go ahead and email hannah at powerthroughmovement.net or look for more info at powerthroughmovement.net. So one of the other questions... that uh our that our people asked was how do you train um movements and i think you kind of already talked about that a little bit but um if you could elaborate more maybe talk about um you do your main movement like a strict press and then a log press and then do you do anything after that like are you doing tricep work yeah yeah so um i'll do my main movement for the day which is i put the most focus on which is just the squat bench deadlift or overhead press and then uh, some strongman accessory after that, um, kind of complementing that. So for deadlifts, I'll do farmer's walks because it works similar muscles to that, similar groups. You're working your grip, your back, your hamstrings, everything. Uh, for on you know on squat day, I'll do yoke as an accessory to that. And then after I do that yoke, I'll go ahead and do other leg accessories like you know hamstring curls, belt squats. Uh, calf raises even though they don't grow I still throw them in <laughs> but uh, yeah so I'll do like bodybuilder type movements after I do the, the the main power lift the strongman movement and then bodybuilding style movements just to get a good pump in there and get the muscles to, to grow because a, a, a bigger muscle is typically going to be a stronger muscle so um, it keeps them healthy and uh, yeah so that, that's basically it I do a power movement and then a strongman movement, and then some bodybuilding accessories, training those muscle groups. So on, let's say, uh, my my overhead day, I'll do strict overhead press, and then log press, and then shoulder raises as the accessory. And those are in sets of, you know, 15, like three sets of 15. Um, so, yeah, just trying to get a, get a good pump in there, get the muscles feeling full and healthy for, for those. <clears throat> after they're pre-fatigued from all the heavy lifting and and what kind of rest breaks are you doing on those so the the bodybuilding style movements at the end um i'll take shorter rest periods you know minute rest periods or a minute 30 because they're not as taxing as doing you know a, a, a triple on on back squats at like 685 or something like after that i'm like roll it on the floor gasping for breath for 15 minutes but yeah uh doing you know some shoulder flies isn't gonna kill you like that right (laughs) (laughs) um now and and how concerned and obviously there is some concern but how concerned with with the single joint movements like flies and whatever Mm -hmm. calf raises things like that Mm -hmm. how concerned are you um with the weight itself versus like just getting blood in there and just kind of going through the motion yeah i'm not concerned about the weight i mean I, i i track all the weights i lift 
in a training log. So, like, I can look and see, like, two weeks ago on shoulder raises, I did, you know, 45 pounds. But today, 35 pounds feels like 45, so I'm doing 35 today. Yeah, so I go by the reps and not by the weight. Like, an example would be today, after, uh, today I trained bench press, and uh, I did uh, dumbbell bench as an accessory to that after. And uh, normally I'd do you know, like somewhere between 120 and 150 for that on flat dumbbell press. And then today I did like between 80 and hundred pounds cause it just felt a little heavy today on there. So, uh, that's, that's, that's kind of what I do is I go by feel of the weight and I don't, uh, force myself to try to go heavy and do less reps if it's, if it's not feeling good. <clears throat> and, and you kind of have that mentality on the main lift as well, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Main lift too. I come in and uh, I'm just feeling I'm, I'm just not not feeling great on it I'll, I'll lower the weight and uh, not push myself to the point where I'm gonna hurt something or get injured because I'm tired and using either bad form or my body is just tight you know I'll, I'll back off and kind of play it play it by uh, play by ear for for that training session so. <clears throat> very cool and um, so what do you have um coming up for as far as competitions go um you're we're what six weeks out from the last one yeah 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 um, about that so um i'll be at the arnold classic but i'm not competing this year i'm just going to to watch and hang out with friends and everything uh i made the decision to not do that because uh i thought it would be good to just focus right now my focus is going to be on america's strongest man next year and i kind of want a tunnel vision on that so i have a, a long plan over the next year because it's not going to be till next year around this time so there, it's it's a long ways away but i think that's going to be the best to um actually train to win it and not just have any other distractions like uh all the the 105 kilo pros are all invited every year to compete at the arnold as heavyweights you don't have to pre-qualify so um i had the option to go compete as a heavyweight at the arnold but decided not to because i'd like to uh focus on kind of life things right now you know, work and just, just normal human things right now and then get into the competition mindset uh, coming up pretty soon. So uh, around March is when, uh, I mean, I'm in, actually in the competition mindset right now with training and eating and everything. It's just uh, the uh, the all-out um, training focus on America's Strongest Man. That's uh, that's going to be basically the goal of the next year is, is do that without any distractions. So. <clears throat> Very cool. Um, <clears throat> when we first got here to do this um, interview in this undisclosed location, um, <clears throat> uh, I saw food in your car. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so uh, tell us about your emergency food stash and why that's important, and well, and what it is, because I think that that's very important. <laughs> well, right now I have some of the uh, sour cream Pringles in there, and uh, a bag of like a, a trail mix in there, and that's a. Uh, that's just in case, you know, I, I run out of food wherever I am. Um, I mean, I, I I don't know if I can go without food for more than like three or four hours without dying at this point because <laughs> I never do it. You know, I'm always eating. Uh, I, I, I've never had longer than maybe four hours without eating recently. So, uh, yeah, I keep emergency food in my car. Sour cream Pringles is what it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret. Sour yeah. cream Pringles. Uh, can at a time. Yeah. Can a day yeah. with your gallon of milk. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how many uh how many do you track your calories or do you track your macros or, or what what do you do? I, I've tracked it at some at certain points, so I kinda know like what I have to eat to hit those calories and uh what kind of what sort of calories I need to lose weight, what I need to gain weight. So uh to maintain body weight at let's say two hundred and thirty five pounds. Um, I eat about 4,500 calories and if I'm, if it's the off season, I'll be eating, you know, 6,500 calories up to like 8,000 if it's a good day eating. And <laughs> I say good day eating cause like I'm eating as much as I can all day. Um, obviously I'm eating, you know, ground beef and rice. So it's, it's quality food and eggs and, and foods with protein and everything. But like when I'm really trying to get a lot of energy for training and stuff i'll start eating like whole little caesar's pizzas uh when i get home from work like three times a week and uh, just eating like 
these things where I can get an easy 2,000 calories in at the end of the day. Very so. cool. <laughs> so, so do you have logged somewhere um, like calorie PRs? Oh no! I actually, <laughs> that was that probably happened before I started uh, tracking because that that was when I was in the kind of getting into strongman and trying to become like a, a heavyweight competitor before I even tried middleweight. So I was trying to gain weight, and uh, you know I gained weight slowly, but I was eating massive amounts of calories. Like this was uh, where I was eating like a couple whole pizzas for. <laughs> like after work so between the time of like 5 p.m and 10 p.m i was eating like two whole pizzas and like a whole chicken and a gallon of chocolate milk on top of what i ate throughout the day so at that point i was probably eating you know 1500 calories or something ridiculous that uh, sounds amazing (laughs) (laughs) but now that i've got to be 250 pounds it's a lot easier to maintain it yeah so i don't have to eat that amount of food to stay 250 um it, it's it's harder like once you gain it it's easier to stay there you don't have to eat as much so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's uh that's pretty incredible yeah <laughs> uh so um you have done some arm lifting or grip competitions and i've uh, yeah. done pretty well um and can you tell us about that? Have, do you focus on that, or is that just a byproduct of what you're already doing? Um, can you elaborate a little bit for us? Well, um, when I first started doing some messing around with some grip strength stuff, I was already, you know, like pretty decent at it. Like, uh, I think the first time I got the Captain's of Crush Grippers, I unboxed, I got the two and the two point five. I ordered both of those without getting any ones before it, and when they came in the mail, I unpackaged it and immediately closed the two and that was without any grip training at all you didn't even know how to set it no i didn't even set it right <laughs> <laughs> and then uh the I, I did you know training with the number two for a few weeks and then it was two weeks after i, I got those i did the 2.5 and i was like all right time to order the three order that and three weeks later closed the three so uh that was without any specific training beforehand so uh when i did uh rolling thunder uh, for the first time, I'd already done strongman training before that, like farmers and everything. Um, I think I'd done uh, like a three. The heaviest I went on farmers was like three ninety per hand for ten feet. It was like a really short distance, but really heavy. And uh, around that time, I I think I ran across the Rolling Thunder and did uh, two hundred pounds on that, which is like what they do to certify like the Crush to Dust Challenge. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, <clears throat> I think right now my, my, my best on that's about 240. Um, Very but, uh, cool. Yeah. It's just something I'm constantly working on because uh, a stronger grip and strongman is going to help you a lot. Like, even if your grip's really strong, um, if it's even stronger, let's say, like, you go and, and, and pick the farmers up in a medley and they're, like, they're like a little bit slippery or a little wet. Like, in my head, I want to be like, all right, if it's raining out and I go and do these these 350 pound farmers each hand my grip's gonna be so strong i can still hold on to it if it's raining you know so i think there's no end to how strong you get your grip strength yeah and uh it's always gonna help you in strongman events helps on events you wouldn't even think like uh it helps on stones you know your hands wrapped around the back that little bit of extra grip strength's gonna help you it helps on on every event in strongman i think so yeah for sure i think there's been a lack of emphasis on it lately too and i think a lot of people have suffered because of that yeah <clears throat> um, very cool stuff um so uh when are you going to start your sumo wrestling career <laughs> well uh right now i'm kind of tunnel visioned on on winning america's strongest man and are they doing and, sumo uh, wrestling there? <laughs> i don't believe they are but <laughs> okay. uh kind of there, there's a lot of things i'd like to mess around with in the future but that's after I accomplish something as a middleweight strongman. Yeah. So a- after I feel like I've I've won something, I've actually never won a competition, like got first place in all, outright in a competition before. I think uh, my best placings so far have been second in California Strongest Man, mm-hmm. uh, third place at Amateur Nationals, and then fourth place at America Strongest Man, one of five kilos. So cool. Those are basically my best placings so far. Yeah. And. Uh, I'd like to, to win something big before I, I stop doing middleweights, if I ever will stop. I mean, it's it's a pretty good weight class for me. Uh, I think I'm, I'm built pretty well for being a middleweight. Uh, I'd like to try to win something as a heavyweight as well in the future. 
and uh, I'll kind of see when it comes to that how good I am at putting on some size to compete against the bigger guys. But right now, I'm trying to stay under under 270 and be a competitive middleweight. Very cool. So. <clears throat> that sounds great. Um, so we're almost out of time. Um, if you had any advice for somebody that was just starting into um, any kind of strength sport, mm-hmm. strongman, powerlifting, whatever, um, what do you think a, a solid piece of advice would be? I would say I would tell them to focus on rest, um, resting between training sessions and uh, recovery. You know, that I would tell them the main thing you're going it, to – it's easy to go into the gym and kill yourself in a workout and, uh, you know, train until you're, you can't – you can hardly walk anymore. It's, it's easy to do that. The hard thing is when you're outside of the gym and doing the day-to-day stuff while you're working or going to school whatever, you have to find ways to get all that food in and quality food and get quality sleep too if someone tells me they're waking up at four in the morning to train and they're only getting three hours of sleep every night or four hours i'd advise them to maybe sleep in and uh, get that extra sleep and just train train less throughout the week if they're training six days a week i tell them to cut it back to three days a week or two days a week and just try to get that sleep and that food in and that rest because uh when you start pushing your body where it's not recovering well then that's where you start get, to get injuries and um, that's where you get set back is those injuries will hold you back and and uh, uh, stay with you throughout your whole career you'll kind of know that that could go again or you could get injured again if it's if it's a recurring thing so I'll, I'll just emphasize rest for, for newer athletes <clears throat> for sure I don't think that that's um, pushed enough I don't think people yeah. uh, people bring that up you know there's this whole mentality of like no pain no gain you got to like go in there and do this but nobody talks about like well you have to like survive that yeah (laughs) so yes very good point um well we're out of time uh i want to thank sponsors for the show um level up mushrooms um drop my name in the notes uh john the viking um and get a free shirt with every order grapito grapito grapito.com um any order over um 99 dollars drop my name mauser strength in the code and you will get a discount um i want to thank you very much warlock jesse nelson no problem yeah Um, this was a blast and uh i look forward to uh hopefully doing this again sometime uh, john the viking mauser jesse nelson get strong or die This episode is brought to you by Mauser Strength Dynamics one-on-one online coaching. So if you are looking for a satisfaction guarantee and you want to win competitions, or maybe you're constantly suffering from injuries and you don't know where to turn, or maybe you're just looking for some one-on-one support from a world-class strength coach, then Mauser Strength Dynamics is the coaching for you. So if you want more information, then find John at John the Viking Mauser on Facebook or at Mauser Strength on Instagram.